This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. In the middle of this pandemic, Lee, what do you think? Is this a good time to change your company culture and mess with that? I mean, you say right now is one of the best times in a decade to be hiring people. It's counterintuitive, but our guest today says, well, she's actually going to answer that question. Okay, yeah. The thing is, it's always a good time to improve your company culture, especially, and it's not just your company culture, but also your team culture. And so looking forward to hearing what she has to say this morning. That's right. Good morning, Brenda Batista. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Excellent. Good morning. Well, everybody, if you don't know Brenda, you need to know her. She's president and founder of Inspiring Company Culture. What a great company name. I like it already. Where she helps leaders transform their work environments to be places where everyone is heard, valued, and appreciated. Brenda is an expert in establishing high-performance teams, leadership, business system analysis, and strategic planning. For the past 25 years, Brenda has been focused on performance improvement and how the power of teams can help sustain your business results, especially now. And she helps teams engage and align with desired business outcomes by providing customized workshops. She does group and leadership coaching as well, and also a standalone or consulting project. Get this, she's been a little busy getting an education, holds a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Systems Engineering, a Master's in Health Administration, and she's got a JD. Brenda, welcome to the show. Thank you for getting up early with us. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. I have to say that, you know, my best friends like to poke fun at my education, not because, of, you know, like, did you like do anything <laughs> social at any point? Because that's ridiculous. <laughs> She's now going to be getting her next degree in anthropology. Uh, epidemiology is probably a good one. Oh, that, that would be a good yeah, one. Right? Yeah, right yeah, especially when we're talking about distance teaming right now. <laughs> so is now a good time to change your company culture? What is the answer to that question? The answer is yes, because we've got so many people that are in this remote setting for the first time. Um, it depends on the, the industry, really. I, I find that when I work with people who are in technology, they seem to it seems more natural, right? It, you know, I'm going to go do my IT thing. I'll talk to you when I feel like it or when I need to. And it's not as, um, it's not as socially based, right? It's more independent type of work. But those that are in sales or those that are in, um, you know, more of the, we got to coordinate, we got to do a huddle. I, I need people to bounce ideas off of. They're not doing so well right now. And so it's about setting up a culture that embraces that and resets that, meaning it's okay one to speak up it's always okay to speak up and how do you create a culture that, that actually supports that and that people feel um, a part of that and it's a safe thing to do especially now I mean a lot of people are looking for that security and safety feeling and it can come from the job and and work so I think it's a perfect time to do it how do we engage extroverts remotely that's a great question that, you know, because a lot of the extrovert, they get that, they get that feeling or the juice from 
being face to face and touchy feely, sometimes literally, they really I have to like touch you because you're not real if I don't have that. Pansy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, you gotta be careful with that. Right? Yeah, I know. Can cannot advocate that. That's true. That's true. Uh, but but part of it is through Zoom. I mean, it, it's the best thing that we have right now, or some some sort of you know go to meeting, whatever your your meeting is and cameras on and this is a big thing when i was doing it with my team we had been doing it for six years we didn't have to do it for covid right we did it because we were just physically that far apart we're in dc and canada i live in vegas we were like all over the place we had to do it and then we we had this agreement cameras on and for us ladies what did that mean because the guys were like, sure. Makeup and hair and yeah, getting presentable. And we came to this rule of engagement about don't pick up my hair. You know, and That's I'm fair. I'm fully made up. <laughs> and dress, right? Just make sure you're appropriately, as I say, your parts are covered, which HR like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know what I mean? Just, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's the technical <laughs> term. Yeah. <laughs> you do change all those rules of engagement. Right? Um, but we, we came to that agreement and it became more of a, a family working style because nobody became ashamed or afraid to show up online and embrace that opportunity to see each other. See the whites of your eyes really, really helps. And it helps engage that extrovert because they see you're, you're for real. And, you know, we went without the, the virtual backgrounds. I mean, we went all out. You, you can see my house. And sometimes we ended up with this like little virtual tour. And it, it was okay because it, it made it feel more more of a relationship and not so um, transactional. And that, that's really the part is anything you do for the extrovert to make it feel more relational, the better. Now dealing yeah. with clients, because my, my um, colleagues would ask me this question too like well mm-hmm. that's fine for internal and team but certainly for the client you're going to like brush your hair like what yes of course we're going to brush our hair and do our makeup and that sort of thing but how do you make that a relationship and so you have to really focus on listening to what they're saying and the interaction that you're having but some of it is your follow-up so the follow-up email get away from that but I think it's a good thing to do a personally written note oh it was great still touchy you know not touch it's distantly touching you it's like here here's a note or um a thank you not just a thank you note but a thank you gift oh. and yeah. You know, something that I appreciated that time I had with you. And there are a lot of gift type of programs now that, that uh, exist mm-hmm. that it's not super expensive um, that you can do. And, you know, I'm not talking about tchotchkes. You're just going to send them, hey, here's my ink pen. Now, you know, something that has meaning, something that tells them you're listening to the what they were talking about and establishes that relationship it goes a long way. And I think it really helps at this, in this particular time. The thing about virtual backgrounds, especially for internal uh, I'm a big fan of the background, you know, when we're talking to clients and everything like that. So, you know, because it's like Audrey had, had a couple made up for me, a logoed background and everything like that's really nice. Not virtual, but the actual thing. Uh, but internally, though, it's it's great the, the, the behind you. You know, it's like the, and, and something you had to also have to be very mindful of. 
you know, if you've got a bunch of clutter and everything like that, or if you've got a bunch of things that are not, that maybe you don't want people to know about or whatever, you got to clean up your background. But, but it's, it's, it's nice to have it there because like people say, oh, look, there's a, there's a, there's a picture of you with a big fish on the wall. What's that about? Or, uh, you know, it, it, it gives people more information than they would have had if, had you not had, if you had the virtual background up. That's true. <clears throat> That's the reason, I, you know, I, I think with your internal, it, it depends on how close you are, right? And what kind of uh, level of relationship you have, because mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. it, you have to feel comfortable with that. You know, like my, my coworkers know that I have a potato head. And I'm like, what's <laughs> the two potato heads? And I was like, well, it, it just represents that. Yes, I did. You play with that? <sighs> Okay, I have to admit, on occasion, but you know, it's, it's All right, Mr. Potato it, Head or Mrs. Potato Head, what's your favorite? <laughs> well, I have one of each because I was hoping I'd get some tater there tots at some point. Uh, okay. Well, if you want to see Lee's Schnauzer paintings in his office at home, set up a Zoom meeting with him, everybody. Just a tip from me to you. <laughs> nice, nice transition there, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things, Brenda, you say that you run into when in a normal business climate is the resistance in general to the whole process of auditing culture and making changes and knowledge transfer and that you're constantly tussling with clients who are kicking and screaming their way into not, you know, it's you said it's the last thing oh, I don't want to do this right now it's too much I got too much to do how, how is what are some shortcuts now um is it easier now to get people to make changes are they more open to it or and also any tips you might have for listeners yeah I think they're they are more open to it because of you know this major disruption that happened you had to go virtual you had to be remote and so you have to get better at your communications and the first thing you think, well, frequency, I just, if you're a micromanager, it's hard to break this habit. And that is, I got to know what you're doing all the time, every, all the time. I, I used to be able to see you. I knew, oh, they look, they're busy. I can see them. Well, you know, those of us who lived in Cubeville know, not necessarily. You're just not looking very closely. But now that I can't physically see you, they start to worry about that. Well, I just need to talk to you all the time. If I bother you, once an hour every hour, certainly you must be working because no. if you didn't answer, right, then, then, then you're not busy. Um, so the, the time is now, but it's not all about the frequency. And so it's good to, and it's easier to break that habit because it's more about who is speaking in the meeting. So one of the things that, that, I, that I coach people on is understanding what your leadership voice is like and your type. Because if you're the dominant person, whether you were in person or we're now, you know, virtual, you are still going to dominate the conversation. And it might reflect back to you now more because you're wondering, how come nobody ever says anything? You're like, are you guys actually working? Because I'm the one who always comes up with all the ideas and I'm the one doing all the talking. Mm, yeah. And the answer is, well, yeah, because you never let a person get a word in edgewise and you don't actually want to hear their opinion or their their input or you never ask and, or you never ask right so that's one of the things I, I switch people around on is first is finding out your leadership voice because there's some of them that are more dominant or louder and in, in, in volume than others and I don't Guilty. mean the quiet talker and, you know <laughs> I mean the person who yeah, the, the person who, who will go 
I'm sure this is right. And they're, they're going to contemplate it a little bit more. And more of the introverts in certain certain instances. Instead of asking a question like, yeah, hmm, not so sure about this. But they won't say anything. And most of the time that's happening because there has been something that happened in the past that told them they should be quiet and not challenge this dominant person or, or not ask a question for fear of being shamed by the peer group. Like, what a dumb question to ask. Why'd you You're wasting our time with this. What are you doing? Um, from the team or from the leader themselves. So they learn this behavior to like, just never mind. It's not worth it. Now what happens is they become very disengaged. And now the lead is like, this person, they, I hired them. They were awesome. They look great on paper, great interview. The first, you know, like month, the, you know, the 90 days type of thing, it seemed like it was going to be awesome. This is going to be great. And, and now again, nothing from them. What's with that? So with that person, my conversation with them is easier to have because I said, is, is this what you're seeing? Because if it is, the hard part is it's actually probably something you're doing with them that they're responding to that um, it was naturally part of the way they, they interact and they're reacting to you and your natural tendencies. Mm-hmm. So I said, we got we to gotta know yourself to lead yourself before you can lead others. And understanding what's like to be on the other side of you all the time. And what are you trying to achieve? Because they're going to respond to how you act and how you speak. And they likewise have a, a framework or attributes that, that make them do the same sort of thing. And we talk about the, you know, this kind of nemesis voice and like who gets under your skin. It's not that they personally do, it's their style. You know, the person who asked 20 million questions about how are we going to get this done and where it would, you know, they, they just always have a question instead of wanting to move forward. It's a communication thing. They have, they have to feel comfortable with the plan of where we're going and how we're going to get there because they're reality based. Not that, you know, the, the strategic leader is not, um, but the strategy person is like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out as we go along. And they're fine with that. The person who's presently minded is like, mm, no. Well, I mean, the vision is fine. It's fine to where you can go on a trip, but I need to know if we're going by air, by boat, by car. You know, they, they need all of that before they feel comfortable to take a movement. And that will that will make the team dynamic um, more difficult. And now that we're remote, it can really seem like, oh, we're never going to get this meeting done. Yeah. We're not getting anywhere. And so what I tell people is, let's rearrange ourselves. We're going to arrange from the quietest person gets to go first the most dominant person goes last on purpose because you're going to listen. You need to actively listen to what all they're saying because they, they have concerns and you're going to make them feel comfortable with that concern. Don't shut them down as soon as they say something. Don't come up with your rebuttals as soon as they say something. Let them go. Because the team is actually going to fill that in as you go as you go along. And I purposely set up agendas that way. All team meetings go in that, that format as a start. And then we start talking about frequency and what makes sense. And we get into productivity type of hacks around that because you create a common nomenclature about how to be effective. And no, this is my like one, my like hour and a half that I was super focused, nobody bother me because I, I have to get this done. And then, you know, we all honor that and so we all honor our, our time and our, our spaces to make that happen. This might be a stupid question, but does the most introverted quiet person know they're going first because you've identified them that way 
And the, is that... Or do you keep it a secret? Or do you keep it a secret and just set it up that way? No, no, I, I, you know, you, you'd let them know, right? So they okay. self-identify that this is their voice type. Okay. And, and it's okay that if they have nothing to say this time, it's like, all right. Um, but what I do do is if I see that, that that person continually passes, meaning uh, nothing, you start every meeting, Brenda, you get anything to say? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. And every single time Brenda says nothing, then it's time to have a discussion because it's, it could be Brenda still doesn't feel safe in this environment. It's like, yeah, I, I do, but I still don't feel comfortable speaking up. Well, why not? What's what's not making it feel um, like a safe place to, to talk and to have and share your ideas? Because, you know, y- you have the potential to be a rock star, but there's something holding you back. So let's get past that. Um, otherwise, it's like, no, it's, it's nothing. If, if that won't, won't happen, then we it kind of starts to go into that HR issues. Like, well, maybe you're not happy here. What's not working? I really just don't like my job. Oh, okay. Well, that's a totally different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. a valuable one. So let's talk about that. And there's nothing, and this kind of leads into the, there's nothing wrong with, with a, a happy disengagement. Meaning as a leader, it's your job to help them happily move on to the next thing, you know, next place. This might not be the right team. There's nothing wrong with that doesn't mean you're a bad person you don't have skills or anything like that but why spend your job your time in a job that you just mm-hmm. hate showing up to even virtually i mean it doesn't matter just hate it life's too short for that don't do that you know what makes you happy go find that and that'll be a reference for you i mean you help that person move on comfortably and then and when it, you f- oh, go ahead and then it doesn't become an hr issue and but no. you know, would you say that it, Often enough, though, it's the leader then not rewarding the person when they do speak up or when they do bring an idea to the table, even if it's the stupidest idea you've ever heard. Yeah, by, by, by not thanking them for bringing the idea up and, you know, giving them encouragement, you know, for, for, for bringing the idea and not, not shaming them or, or not, you know, telling them it's the stupidest idea that you ever heard, you know, and certainly not doing it in front of other people. I mean, would you would you say that not rewarding somebody for, for for speaking up and sharing is is part of why that happens? Absolutely, and I would say doing it in a way that's meaningful. So and not authentic, just patting yeah. on the head, going, yeah, you know, like that's that's a good girl. Thank you. No, I mean, because people could feel and sense that, and everybody's like, yeah, they're just they're just thanking them for talking. Boy, I wish you know my hurdle was that low. I could just talk and then give me a pat on the head. No, right. Cause that then creates animosity with the other team members. Um, it's about listening to what they just said and, and saying, you know, it's a crazy idea you've ever heard. Okay. That's very, and do it in a way. Cause it's going to sound, you know, inauthentic because I'm responding to something you just said, but like, that's a very interesting concept. I've never thought of it that way. Tell me more, right? Have them start to explain it because it shows that you're actively engaging with them and that their voice matters and their opinion matters. Not just about the acknowledgements, like they threw out an idea. They must be seeing something I'm not and the rest of the team isn't. And maybe they said something the rest of the team was afraid to say also because it might be out there lingering. Now you're starting to get all the ideas. And now that's what starts to form the foundation of a high-performing team because you've got the 80% and, and the, the literature shows it's about 80% of the people don't talk 
or don't speak up or share their ideas because they don't feel safe. So imagine now you're gaining the power, the 80% productivity and ideas from the rest of the team, not just the 20 so percent you thought were the stars. You might actually find out some of the stars aren't so starful, right? In, yeah. in that, because you're getting a group think out of them. Now you're getting the full power of the whole team and it's, it's awesome because they feel safe. These are all fantastic ideas. Inspiringcompanyculture.com is the website. We've got about a minute left. Do you want to tell us about your strategic consulting and, uh, and how you want people to maybe reach out to you if they'd like to engage? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you'd like to know what your leadership voice is, I actually have a quiz on my, on my site. You go to inspiringcompanyculture.com backslash quiz. And you can take, take the quiz and find out what your leadership voice is. And we can engage from there about what that means for, as far as your stylings and how you lead people. Um, yeah, and then from there, you know, I, I talk to people about strategic planning and how engaging your people in the planning helps. Um, and we can talk, especially in these times, I talk to people about what I call tactical strategy, which sounds like an oxymoron. But how do you pivot, you know, how do you pivot in a time of uncertainty? And it, t- it does involve your team. So that's the reason I like to start with team because it makes your team, sus- it makes your outcome sustainable. And those crazy ideas, now it's probably time for some crazy ideas because you never know. It, it could be the one that will stick and take you forward. Yeah, and all great ideas at one time were called stupid or crazy. <laughs> that's right. That's true. <laughs> By somebody. That's absolutely right. By somebody. Yeah, it's like well-behaved women rarely make history. That's um, right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's such a pleasure having you on the show. This was the fastest 20 minutes ever. Great tips for our uh, listeners, and we really appreciate it, Brenda. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's great spending some time with you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.